This is Jeff Standridge, and this is the Innovation Junkies Podcast. If you want to drastically improve your business, learn proven growth strategies, and generate sustained results for your organization, you've come to the right place. Over the next half hour, we're going to be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and tips that you can use to grow your business, no matter the size, no matter the industry, no matter the geography. We'll be talking about everything from sales and marketing to organizational, operational, and leadership effectiveness, to innovation, digital transformation, everything in between. Routinely, we'll bring in a top mover and shaker, someone who's done something unbelievable with his or her business. We'll dig deep. We'll uncover specific strategies, tactics, and tools that they've used to help you achieve your business goals. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, if you're looking to put your business on the fast track to achieving sustained strategic growth, this episode is sponsored by the team at Innovation Junkie. To learn more about our strategic growth diagnostic, go to innovationjunkie.com slash diagnostic. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Innovation Junkies podcast. I'm Jeff Standridge. And this is Jeff Amerine. And we're the Jeffs. Today in this bonus episode, we're going to be talking about how you can harness the power of some of the innovations that have occurred during the recent pandemic and economic slowdown and how you can apply those concepts to your business. Yeah, we sure will. And, and uh, to put a fine point on it, early in the pandemic, uh, Business Insider came out with a report that said that most businesses only had 27 days of cash reserves. And there was concern at that point that if something wasn't done, either externally or internally, we were going to lose something like 40% of all small business across the country. Now we know there's some interventions that occurred with the CARES Act and payroll protection program, but most importantly, I think the businesses that are gonna come out strongest are the ones that took that time as an opportunity to do things a little bit differently. And Jeff, you probably have some good examples of that, of things you've seen. Yeah, you know, we, we worked with an organization that um, they were in the, uh, what would you call it, the farm to table kind of business, right? Grass-fed beef, forested uh, pork, uh, uh, free-range chickens, and, and what have you. And, and uh, they were selling pretty much through uh, traditional means. They would sell wholesale to restaurants. They would bring people to the farm with an event center they had. They had a walk-in store. And then they were doing a little bit of, of sales via telephone sales and shipping around the country. And fortunately, before the pandemic, they were able to uh, put in a an e-commerce capability and uh, really kind of displace, if you will, that analog telephone ordering process. So then the pandemic hits and 70% of their wholesale uh, sales to restaurants goes away because of the restaurant uh, shutdowns. Uh, 100% of their bringing people to the farm and their catering activity uh, immediately goes away because they had to shut that down. And about 50% of their walk-in traffic to their store uh, ironically, they were up over a thousand percent in just a couple of months. Uh, they had to turn their event center into a distribution center to be able to package and distribute all of the um, the proteins that were being ordered. Because, as you all know, uh, it was difficult to find proteins in the in the grocery stores because the grocery store shelves were empty. So, uh, it was real interesting because they contacted me and said, "You know, we have an opportunity here, but we don't want to feel like an ambulance chaser." We don't want to exploit people. And my response to them was, 
if you have a product or a service that was viable and valid and appropriate before the pandemic, and it is and it continues to be viable and valid and appropriate in the midst of the pandemic, then you have a moral and an ethical obligation to tell people about it. And so they started their promotion. Uh, they did it very tastefully. Uh, they they compared buying their proteins online versus going to a grocery store and their online orders literally went through the roof. So they innovated incrementally in their business, um, maybe even a little bit of, of breakthrough innovation in creating a new way for them to get their proteins. And they're now shipping to 48 states in the, um, uh, in the upper, or I guess if you're in Alaska, you'd say the lower 48. Hey folks, we'll be right back with the episode, but first we wanna tell you about a limited opportunity to take advantage of our strategic growth diagnostic. For a short time only, we're offering a free strategy call to see whether or not our unique diagnostic tool is right for you. Go to innovationjunkie.com backslash diagnostic to learn more. You know, there's some, food is, is a particularly good one. It's, it's one of those things that if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, everybody has to have it regardless of the circumstance. But some people who were in that sort of in food engagement, food service, restaurant, uh, catering business, they really had to figure out interesting ways to react. So I'll give you one good example. In Umbria, in uh, Italy, which is sort of the eastern uh, adjacent area next to Tuscany, there was someone there that ran a family farm. They had olives, they had grapes, they had, she, she put on uh, cooking lessons and whatnot, but it was a very engaging thing. You had to show up at her place, stay in their bed and breakfast to experience it. Well, the pandemic comes, Italy's locked down, what's she going to do? Well, now what she does is she pushes out the ingredients that are going to be in a particular cooking lesson that someone would have been there to take. You can buy those locally or she'll ship the ingredients to you. And then you participate in a Zoom episode and actually go through the very same lessons enabled by a Zoom cast rather than having to physically be there. And it's just so innovative. Her, her revenue model didn't change. People were hungry for uh, that kind of experience. They paid the very same maybe more convenient. And suffice to say, her audience actually expanded during the pandemic because people didn't have to travel to Italy in order to experience that. And so it's true omni-channel pivot there in the midst of really dire circumstances. That's just one of many examples of where people looked at, if, if we're gonna survive this for however long this lasts, we gotta figure out how to reach that customer in an efficient way so they can still have the experience and we can still figure out how to get paid. So that's another good example of a pivot. Yeah, and, and we work with pandemic. a number of organizations as well uh, that have salespeople distributed across the U.S. And for the first time in their professional lives, they were prevented from getting on a plane and flying to another city and, and holding up in a hotel and going and seeing clients face-to-face. And they had to get out of the box and think about how to cultivate those client relationships uh, they had to go back to, they had to innovate retroactively and go back to the smiling and dialing and f- making phone calls and getting people face-to-face on Zoom calls and Google Meet uh, uh, calls and what have you. And so what they found when they did that was it gave them back an enormous amount of time and they were extremely more effective and more efficient because they weren't having that wasted time getting on an airplane and then the travel time when they're disconnected and, and what have you. Yeah, and, and, and I know with with what we do in our sister organizations at Startup Junkie and at mm-hmm. The Conductor, we were faced with the very same thing. When the word came down March 11th that the state is shut down and 
keep social distancing and, and probably don't go into the office. And there was no, at that time, the vaccine was not anywhere in sight. This is back in 2020. Well, we typically put on somewhere between 250 and 300 events a year that, that tens or hundreds or thousands of people would come to. So what are you going to do? Well, very quickly, the teams got together and they said, well, we can make all this stuff virtual. It will all be on Zoom. We'll, we'll create a, a digital YouTube library. We'll make it very accessible. So what did that do? It, it, it actually expanded the reach of the organization. We can now, to our core premise on that side of the business is to empower and enable innovators and entrepreneurs. Now we're reaching them everywhere because it's readily accessible through YouTube. And so I, I think it's another example of people that went through a digital transformation that they ultimately wanted to get through. But rather than that being something that was worked slowly over a few years, it happened in weeks or months uh, out of necessity. So let's talk about how our listeners can take these examples and apply them to their own situation so that they can use these examples of mid-pandemic or, or uh, post-pandemic innovation and use those in their own business. What's the first thing you well, have the first one Well, uh, the first one I would say is, is figure out how to reach your customers where they are. You know, make it frictionless and make it easy for them. And what that means is people are, are going to be still uncomfortable with a lot of face-to-face -face engagements is figure out how to meet them with the digital content or digital engagement that makes it easy and comfortable for them to enjoy your product or, or service. So I, I would say that's the first one. Question why you haven't been omni-channel before and figure out how to have this sort of omni-channel approach to uh, meeting your customer, if you will. That's great. That's great. And I think asking the question why uh, over a variety of the, your business processes and the things that you do reminds me of the story of the, of the man who asked his wife uh, why she always cut the end off of her roast every time. She said, well, I, because that's what you're supposed to do. And he said, why, well, but why is that? She said, well, because my mom always did it. So Thanksgiving there at the mom's house and, and, uh, and said, uh, hey, Sally always cuts the end off of her roast. Why do you always cut the end off of your roast? She said it was because you, you taught her that way. She said, well, because that, my mom taught me that way. So they, they went to the residential facility where, where great-grandma lived, and, and, and dad said, so great-grandma, you know, Sally always cuts the end off of her roast, and, and she said that um, she did it because her mother always did it, and her mother said she, she did it because you taught her the same way. Why did you cut the end off the roast? And she said, well, I always did it because my pan was too small. And so, <laughs> you know, and so sometimes, you know, generations of people come and go within businesses, and, and I use the word generations loosely, uh, and yeah. you look down and, and it's, it's the third or fourth layer of someone executing a process, and the times changed, but the process didn't. And there's enormous waste uh, inherent in, in some of those processes. So asking the question, why? Why do we do it this yeah. way, and how can we make yeah. it better? Well, and you know, that gets back to the original thinking that Deming had around lean, right? You look at any particular task and you say, is, if we do this, is this going to add value to the customers, value to the shareholders, or value to the employees? And if the answer is, we're not sure why we're doing this because it doesn't do any of those, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And, and I think business travel is one that's going to be under a, a ton of scrutiny. So I would say coming back out of this, scrutinize, do I really need to travel in order to achieve the goal or can I do some a large majority of what we do remotely and if you don't need to travel save the money save the money and figure out a way to provide more value to your customer rather than spending it on uh, on travel and overhead that's 
that's not adding value. Yeah, redeploy that travel money toward better ways to serve your customers. Better products, better services. Hey listeners, this is Jeff Amarine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now and leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media.